0: The following stories are shared consensually by everyday people living with bipolar disorder. As a friendly note, we are not acting as licensed therapists or providing therapeutic services. We are providing a safe space for people with bipolar disorder to share their stories uninterrupted. Stories may mention the use of drugs, alcohol, and or suicidality. If you feel triggered and in need of help, please call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 988. My name is Sabrina.
1: And I'm Gritty Gem, and this is the Bipolar AF Podcast.
2: Hello, um, my name's Samantha. I go by Sam sometimes. Um, I'm turning 25 soon. I'm 24 right now, but I turn 25 next month. Um, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder almost two years ago. I was diagnosed right before I turned 23, so... Yeah, it happened right around my birthday, so it's coming up here. I am um, currently taking lithium and respiridone, and I really like that combination. It works great for me. Um, however, I'm open to trying different stuff too. Um, I guess I don't know where to start. Like, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder when I was 22, so it was like way late, in my opinion. I feel like it had, was a long time coming. I had a really troublesome childhood. I started experiencing symptoms of bipolar disorder around like 11 years old. Um, I was just very angry all the time. I was anxious. I would get panic attacks. I had a really hard time keeping friends. Like it just wasn't going so well for me. I'm actually surprised like my high school friends are still friends with me to this day. Um, Maddie, Jordan, and Nina, like I'm so sorry guys that I was ever mean to you if you're listening to this. I apologize. Um... I don't know. I just had a really hard time growing up. My parents were always fighting. I just, I didn't understand what was going on. I was a child, so I do have some regrets, but at the same time, like I can only regret my life so much because a lot of it was out of my control. Um, When I graduated high school, I um, was in a serious relationship. I was really mean to him. His name's Jesse, and I was so mean to Jesse, and I feel so bad. Um, I was awful to him. I honestly have a lot of regrets with my bipolar disorder. I was just not in a good place ever. And I really didn't know what was happening. So I questioned my mood a lot, but I never had the guts to get up and go get help. So a lot of my story is just me not doing so good and refusing to go see a psychiatrist or go to see somebody about what was going on. So after I bro- broke up with Jesse, I, uh, went to WSU I'm a Coug so I went to Washington State University I live in the state of Washington and I spent my time there just like partying not really paying attention to school I was doing tons of different kinds of drugs like all the time and it was just it was really unhealthy for me I didn't really have great friends while I was there I mean some of my friends were good friends but not all of them and I just had a hard time there. So eventually I ended up leaving and I took a break from college and I came back home. I worked in restaurants. I, I don't know. I just was manic all the time because I didn't understand. I um, started going to raves a lot, which it sounds bad, but it's actually, it was actually a really great outlet um, for me to have with my bipolar disorder before I even knew it. Um, It was a great way to like almost release my manic energy and just to be present with myself and just not have to think about life. So they really helped me. I actually don't really do drugs at raves. So it's not like I was having like, you know, crazy manic episodes and going insane. Like they've actually been very good for me in that sense. That's why I like to go all the time. Um, But yeah, and then eventually I got into another relationship. I uh, started going to therapy because of it, because the relationship was so bad. And I thought there was something wrong with me. And my therapist ended up sending me to a psychiatrist. And that's when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I wasn't even planning on being diagnosed. It kind of just happened one day. And it was honestly the most traumatizing thing I've ever been through, like in my entire life. I mean, I recently met somebody who just got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And that's the same thing I told them. It's going to be pretty much one of the most traumatizing things you go through. It makes a lot of, you'll, it'll make a lot of sense, but also it's just, it, that's, those are the last words you want to hear is that, you know, you're diagnosed with something that a lot of people really struggle with. And a lot of people actually die from, I mean, it's scary. It's just, I I honestly think it's really scary. And I really was fearful for myself for quite some time. So I went on medication and then I went off medication and then I went back on medication and then I went back off medication. And when I went back off medication for the second time. I had, like, a really bad manic episode. It lasted, like, months. It was so terrible. I got in trouble with the law. I lost, like, a ton of friends. It was just so terrible. I was, like, 23 at this point. So this was last year, actually. And it got to the point where I decided I need to, needed to go on medications and I needed to stick with them. And I couldn't stop taking them. And so, like, I have, I actually just celebrated one year of being on my medications. It was on May 5th. So I'm really proud of myself that I actually stuck out, stuck it out for a full year because it's really hard. But I also noticed that my mood has been a lot different lately, and I've been feeling like a lot better. So I think that it was a success, and I actually really encourage people to go out and get help if they need it. Um, I'm like not afraid to post about it about having bipolar disorder. I'm not afraid to like say it. I think that more people should be honest about it. I think that more people should come forward with it because. It's only going to continue to be an embarrassing thing if people make it that way. I feel like there's a huge stigma around bipolar disorder, and I feel like that could definitely change. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have anymore. I think it's actually quite a positive thing. It makes me more outgoing. It makes me less fearful. I mean, there's a lot of greats to it, but there's also a lot of negatives. But it's just all about how you balance them out, in my opinion, and how you make it work for yourself. I haven't thought about killing myself in a really long time. I haven't been really depressed in a really long time. I also haven't been really manic in a really long time. It's been quite some time now. It's probably been like a full month that I've actually felt like normal. So I'm really grateful for that. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. So I guess my message today is that if there's anyone listening and you're debating going on medications, I would say definitely do it. I think that it's life changing and that it was for the best. Um, Anyways, I'm done. But yeah. Oops.
0: Congratulations on a year of consistency with Thank your medication. You. Of course. That's a huge
1: accomplishment. Better you're better than me,
2: <laughs> it's hard you're I, better than me I took so. every single day I really stuck through it, so I'm really proud of myself <laughs> yeah, you should Thank
0: be you. you should be, and I think that it's so important, right, to also be so honest saying that you are on and off on and off um for a certain period as well, right and i I see that there's a pattern um with people who have bipolar disorder um and I think gritty and I have like exhausted this conversation between each other too and that it's it's also normal so I want people to know that as well um and then I, I love that you just kept getting up and trying again yeah and again
2: well honestly I've come to realize that I'm scared of being off my medications because I used to be really angry when I wasn't on them so I don't like being angry and I've realized life is much better without all the anger I was dealing with so yeah
1: you talk a lot about losing your friends and you lost a lot of friends um is there any it was just a general like general like over time period people got really sick of it or was there like a manic episode that really like set them off and were like oh I can't associate with you yeah it was definitely
2: like like, like, manic episodes you know like I was I just didn't know it that was happening so yeah uh I feel like that they couldn't take my, I feel like some people definitely couldn't handle my manic episodes anymore. And then some people I would just cut off like myself because I didn't think that it was like healthy to be friends with them just for me, you know? Like I, yeah, I Um, will to continue on that. Sorry to interrupt, but I just recently like ended things with my longtime best friend because she made fun of me for being on medications when we were in a fight And I was just like, I'm not, I don't want to associate with myself with you anymore. It's just pointless, you know, like, I'm not going to be friends with somebody who chooses to do that to me.
0: Absolutely. Well, there's a lack of support there, right? And all it would do is drag you down. I mean, there is no shame in taking medication that assists us in living, you know, a quote unquote normal, whatever that means to someone, um, active functioning life on a daily basis. Right. Um, so, I guess, shout out to you for sticking up for yourself and putting a boundary in place, especially at 24. Um, I'm, I'm not much older than you. I'm about to turn 26, but I can tell you right now that at your age, I probably wouldn't have uh, set a boundary so strongly with a friend, especially if that's your best friend and you were friends with them for X amount of time, whatever that looks like for you, right? Um, we don't just label people our best friends for any sort of reason. Typically, it's because we love them to a certain extent.
2: Right. So, yeah, you know, I feel like it was a long time coming anyways. That was just kind of like my pushover. I was like, okay, I can't be friends with somebody who's like literally making fun of my mental illness, you know, like, that's just so pathetic. And it just doesn't make me feel good. And I don't want to be surrounded by that. You know, I don't, I don't need to be surrounded by that. So, yeah.
0: Absolutely. It's, it speaks more on them than it would anyone else. Right. Yeah. Projecting if they feel like they have to make fun of someone for a mental illness that they have no control over. Um, but earlier you mentioned raves, I did wanna ask you, um, I was glad to hear that you mentioned raves. Um, I have a couple of friends who are into rave culture and all I've ever heard is that typically the people within that world um, are so supportive and understanding. So um, you mentioned
2: that raves helped you release mania. So I'm curious, like what aspect like, I don't know, I guess just the music and getting up and dancing and jumping around. It's just like, I feel like it just was a release of like, the energy, the extra energy I have, they would really tire me out. And so it's just like, uh, I would actually like get really good sleep after because I'd be so tired, you know, and it's just like, that really helped me. And it's Oh, yeah, it's a really accepting and belonging place. I mean, I feel like a lot of people who are mentally ill brave. Um, You can just tell, but because a lot of people honestly use drugs at raves, which is unfortunate. But sometimes, like I I used to, but it was it wasn't to the point. Like I wasn't doing anything crazy, you know, because it was actually really scary. But I actually just really, I always say that the, the rave is the drug. You know, it's just fun. You know, it's like you can go and just be yourself. You don't have to worry about anything or anyone. You're there just for you, and it's like that's what I like about it. I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah thanks for answering i was curious i
2: i totally understand so
1: i don't go to raves i just go to goth dance nights and i have to say they're probably the most fun because you get to dress up and no one cares of what you look like and no one's there to Mm -hmm. judge you so i get it's the same it's the same principle of like no one's looking at you everyone is like same but like they're not normal quote-unquote normal society it's like it's it's but you're in a community and culture that is very understanding and wants to accept you, regardless of who you are. Because a lot of these people do have mental health issues, as well. And I feel like, a lot of mental health issues, they do find communities. And some a lot of times, maybe drug based or alcohol based. So finding like a really good safe space is crucial in having um, support. Because one of the things that I personally have noticed in uh, our conversations with people um have bipolar is that all including myself the number one thing that seems to get everyone through is support like people talk about support the emotional support the like that is so crucial in order to like be successful because without someone supporting you you can barely support yourself so like how like do you are your parents involved or is it like do do you distance themselves are they separated how how's the relationship no,
2: with them um i mean i still live with my parents actually uh it's rent so expensive out here that it's just i cannot afford it right now but um i it's actually pretty good i have a good relationship with my dad and my mom it's gotten a lot better ever since i went on medications um but i feel like it's still rocky i feel like there's still a lot of like Trauma there from like my childhood that sometimes it's like hard to have a good relationship with them, but I still talk to them, yeah, they actually pay for my like m- uh medications or not my medications, but my like care and stuff, and they're they've been very helpful for that, so yeah, I think they just want to see me get better
1: does is the um so but in the sport category is there I guess I'm gonna I lost my question but um do you think that being so open and honest about it that it cha- is going to change the perspective of your parents or are you still like working towards that or are they fully accepting of who that you
0: are
2: um I guess that they are I don't know sometimes they're pretty accepting I think that sometimes they just don't understand. Like, I feel like they're really used to, like, you know, mental illness and, like, it being normalized, like, in their families. But I just don't think that they understand that sometimes, like, that's not normal. And these aren't normal, like, actions. I feel like if they actually understood, I would have gotten help a long time ago, like, when I was in high school. But they kind of just passed off my behaviors when I was in high school. as like, oh, she's just, like, an angsty teen. And, like, you know, it'll it'll pass. But it never did. And so I just I – they're pretty supportive, though. They're uh either open to like trying to understand, but I just don't think they always do.
0: I mean,
1: it makes it makes a lot of sense. I, I older generations did not talk about mental health as much. But um as a family, have you or they received any specific counseling or like have you gone to family counseling to address some of those issues? Or their own personal issues. So you could work on like the family issues. Or you just kind of sweep it under the rug like my parents. <laughs> yeah,
2: they definitely just sweep it under the rug. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're all in favor for me going to counseling. But when it comes to them, that's not a thing. So I kind of, I'm just like, whatever at this point. Like, I'll work on myself because I love working on myself. I think that's super important. But um they can continue to go down the path that they want to I don't know yeah it's just yeah I I've mentioned to them many times that they probably should try therapy and like they don't really buy it at it my mom used to go but I don't think she was always like 100% honest about certain things so I just feel like it wouldn't even work it's just I don't think it's for them
0: well it sounds like you're breaking barriers um I mean, um, I'm going to assume that maybe your parents are Gen X or late millennials. Um, And so considering being Gen Z, um, how open we are um, and how passionate Gen Z are about breaking, you know, common stigmas and like breaking through those walls is what I'm trying to say. Um, So I'm really glad that you're always focused on your well-being. You know what I mean? At this point, like that's such a goal for you, it sounds like. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, um, that's important. And I hope that you continue and that in the future, whoever you come across, that you're able to share that wisdom that you're gaining right now through your experience.
2: Yeah, I guess my thing is that I really, there's two things. One, I don't want to end up like homeless or anything. That's like my worst fear. And I know like a lot of people with mental health issues, like sometimes, like if they don't choose to get on the right path and now, like that's definitely like I need to be like on my best behavior in life all throughout my life because who knows what could happen to me like I could have a manic episode and spend all my money and you know just that's really scary to me so I don't want to do that and secondly I would like to have kids someday that's definitely but I that's definitely like a plan of mine but I don't want them to go through what I went through so if they're they're likely going to have bipolar disorder as well So I definitely want to give them like a healthy space and I want to give them a healthy childhood so that they can make the right decisions when it comes time. You know, I just would hate to see that.
0: Absolutely.
1: What do you, what is your like one sign or symptom that you're like, actually you kind of don't really talk about one of the things I, 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 I talked to Sabrina a little bit about this, but the hypersexuality that a lot of bipolar people experience, or the amount of debt <laughs> financial debt that people sometimes get themselves into, have you had any of those experiences, or maybe a symptom that isn't as common that
2: um that you would like to speak about um yeah <laughs> uh yeah, I'm actually quite a, quite- i'm in some debt I'm in quite a bit of debt um this is something not a lot of my friends know, and I don't really talk about, so if they're listening to this like yeah I'm in so much debt right now it actually is scary um but I have a plan to pay it off I'm I know that I'll be fine um but that's why I really I've been like really trying to stick to my medication this past year because it really helps me not like spend money which sounds stupid but yeah and then definitely yeah definitely when I was like off medications I was like literally so sexual it was crazy and Uh, I don't know how much I want to talk about that, but now that I'm on medications, it doesn't really happen. It's not like that anymore. I'm very peculiar about who I am with and who I'm not with, and uh, I sometimes I make mistakes with that. Like I don't know, I'm really hard on myself about it, um, because I like literally am so scared to like get pregnant or like I don't know, I just don't want to do that right now, and. Yeah, but I've definitely had some struggles with that, too. I feel like that's definitely the two biggest things that I've struggled with in life, and I feel like every bipolar person can relate to, you know?
0: I just, oh, I think the hypersexuality and the debt thing are, like, literally the two biggest,
1: like, sweep under the rug, like, signs and symptoms of, like... You're being irresponsible. You're being that's like people just equate to you being irresponsible. In reality, it's you literally like you, you don't know why you're like you all of a sudden you want to get into like woodworking, for example, um, and you spend, you know, $10,000 like randomly and you never use the studio or something like that. Not uncommon, not uncommon. Like it's not uncommon for people to get in severe debt. And I think that's something that like should be more discussed and maybe planned for, as a person with bipolar of actually having a financial planner like as part of like a like your your whole your whole thing of like not only taking medications but being financially responsible because it's so easy to let people debt but i feel like that it's just so much more predominant and people like don't really talk about it. but the hypersexuality thing i think people really need to understand that it's not a person trying to be you know all over the place like it's, it's just to when i had this symptom for me it equated to love like they lo- like a male loves me like that was my ep- equivalent because i didn't get love from my father fine um, but is there any like reason why do you think you had that hypersexuality or this hyperspending
2: No, I definitely can relate to that love thing. Like, it's so funny because, like, before my medications, I was always so convinced that, like, guys liked me and that, like, uh, I just had a lot of abandonment issues. I feel like it's because of the loss of, like, friends and stuff. I just had, like, a lot of, like, abandonment issues. So I would just always, like, attach myself to someone. I was always, like, in some sort of relationship. And now it's so crazy. Like, I literally curve guys all the time. I don't want anything to do I don't know I just don't want anything to do with men like I think they're so gross and they're so uh, I don't know (laughs) I just hate men right now because I've come to realize like they don't really want you (laughs) like you're it's just all a joke it's a scam like you know I don't know I I'm waiting to find the right person but I just don't know if that's even gonna happen and I don't get attached to people anymore like I used to I see, like, sometimes I do, but it's not as bad anymore. And, like, I can get over it pretty quick. But it's not, like, an all-in kind of thing, like, where I'm going to die. Like, if this person doesn't like me back, you know, it's just... It was to that extent, you know, it was, like, so bad. Like, I had... Like, they had to like me. Like, they just had to like me, and I couldn't get over it. But, yeah, and then spending... Oh, I was going to say also about my hobbies. Like, I actually force myself to do the hobbies I spend money on. So, like, my biggest two... Were, or my biggest three were obviously raves. Like, I spent a lot of money on raves. Um, But – or uh, my skincare, I spent a lot of money on, like, really nice skincare. I have, like, really good skincare. Or um, I actually started getting into DJing too. So I forced myself to wash my face and use my skincare, and I forced myself to DJ. And I was actually – I just had a psychiatry appointment yesterday, and I was talking to my psychiatrist. He's super cool. I really like him. His name's Josh. But, uh, he, I was telling him, I was like, oh, whenever I go on Respiridone, because I, this is the second time I've been on it, I always want to, like, really get into my hobbies and, like, I really want to take care of myself and, like, actually, like, care about myself and I really like it because of that. It's just, like, I don't know why I get into this, like, mode where I just, like, need to actually do better and want to be better. I don't even think it's mania. I think it's, like, because I actually give a shit about myself now, you know? I actually care about myself and I used to not care about myself, so, Yeah.
0: Uh, I would even consider those hobbies, um, that you're forcing yourself to do, such as your skincare, as like stepping stones towards um growing into this new person that you're talking about, somebody who does care about themselves. Right. I mean, that's not to say that, you know, if you skip a few days of your skincare or suddenly you you don't want to do djing or go to raves for some reason for the next year just because it doesn't mean that you're not taking care of yourself but i think that there are stepping stones um also i think that you're in like a very prime time part of your life where you're becoming a uh quote unquote adult i think that i guess like starting at like the age of 20 really right because you're out of your teens like you're a 3-year-old adult right now i'm a 5-year-old adult right now you know what i mean and like we're always learning Gritty's over here on mute, but she's laughing. Um, like, But it's true. Um, and we're always learning like these new things about ourselves as well. But I'm really glad that your medication is helping you add a little more love into your life in that sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, and yeah, you totally are. And you know what? what, I
2: feel like I spent the first few yeah. years of my adulthood just really hating life and not understanding what was going on. So when I was, like, diagnosed with bipolar disorder, it was, like, literally the worst thing that ever – I was, like, oh, my gosh. I was just so traumatized by it. I literally did not handle that well at all. It was so terrible. Like, my first year of being diagnosed was so terrible. And it wasn't until I was like, okay, you know what? I have to accept this. My dad had a lot of talks with me about how I needed to just accept reality. And I just couldn't accept it. I just – you know, like, you needed to accept that – you were bipolar and like that you can't just be super upset about it you have to actually go out there and like do something about it you know and he he would always remind me he likes to come in every now and then and remind me he'd be like oh so and so is like a famous person and they have bipolar disorder so like who is it buzz aldrin i think has bipolar disorder like selena gomez so you know i kind of like look up to those people i'm like okay like they were able to keep on track like this sounds crazy but selena gomez is actually such a great representation of someone with bipolar disorder she answers she handles herself so gracefully it's insane and I really look up to her I think she's a great uh, role model for that so whenever I'm having a bad day I like to remind myself like oh my gosh Selena Gomez has this disorder but she's so poised and she puts on such a great representation of herself and I want to be like that you know I want to be more like her so I don't know I feel like just having people to look up to has been really helpful too.
0: Absolutely. I think she's a great role model. And I'm glad that your dad is also there being like, hey, there, there are successful people with bipolar disorder. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world. And um, I know Gritty mentioned um, when we had first started talking that I don't have bipolar, right? So I don't want to say that I'm relating to you on like this mental health disorder. Um, but, you know, I, as somebody who was diagnosed with diabetes, I'll share at one point, that's a physical. Situation where, like, my blood sugar, right? I remember, like, I thought diabetes was like the end of my world, um, as a fat person, you know what I mean? Um, so I can only imagine what it's like to be diagnosed with a mental health disorder that is also so stigmatized, and that we see in media and TV shows, um, or even like, I don't know, like, you're in the middle of like a food court in the mall and you hear some teenagers, and one gets upset because something happened they're like oh my god you're so bipolar you know what I mean like what does that mean we hear this Grady's laughing at me again I <laughs> but like it's true like we hear people saying things like that all the time um and then suddenly we're being labeled with something that is within a medical record and it's staying there and how are people going to look at you at this point right and that's there's a ton of questions that i'm sure goes through your heads and i have not experienced that myself um but yeah i'm I guess I'm just going back and looping it back around just to say that I'm glad that your dad was supportive enough to be like, "Hi," you know, "Let's get going together." You know what I mean? Like I'm still here for you. These people have bipolar disorder and they're successful. So what are we gonna do? That's what it sounds like,
2: at least. No, and you what know what? You what you were saying too, and thank you, thank you for that. That was really insightful. Um, I'm, I my one of my ex boyfriends had uh diabetes, and I totally understand. It's a really, it's really crazy what you have to do to take care of yourself every single day like yeah it's way it's intense but um what was I gonna say oh yeah um that that what you were saying about bipolar disorder being on your record um I was talking to one of my psychiatrists I had I was like well I also think I'm borderline you know I feel like that's where a lot of my anger comes from I feel like I'm both and she was kind of like, you know, the medications you're on are like, you know, for both borderline and bipolar disorder. So it's not like your medications would change. And she was also like, and borderline is something super serious to be diagnosed with. Like, and she kind of said, like, once you have that diagnosis, it does not go away. She was almost insinuating, like, you don't want to be diagnosed with that. And so I kind of just let it be. And I'm kind of, like, aware of it, you know, in the back of my head that it's a possibility. But yeah, like, once because I can't, for example, with my diagnosis of bipolar disorder, I can't own a gun in the state of Washington, which, you know, is for the best. Like, I'm definitely for gun control, like, all of that, that it needs to be done. But it also makes me sad. I'm kind of like, damn, like, I can't even, like, own. Own a gun for like my own protection. Like I can't legally. I don't even know if I can legally shoot them. I'm sure I could, but I can't. Like you know, own have my own gun, which is just crazy to me. I mean, like that's that's how serious it is. You know, it's just that's wild. So, yeah, and um, that's like you know, my parents own guns and everything, and I don't even know where they are. They're locked up in a safe somewhere, and I don't even know where that safe is. So, yeah, it's just crazy to me that I can't have like access to that kinds of stuff. You know.
0: yeah you know I'm gonna say this one thing I was just I I was watching the Queen Charlotte um the new thing on on Bridgerton like it's like a side thing or whatever and I I really don't know what her husband is diagnosed with I'm sorry for anyone this is a spoiler but I was googling it and I think that he had like a form of bipolar but it was bipolar 3 and then I texted Gritty of course because I'm like oh my god I didn't know that there are four types of bipolar um but now since you were talking about the guns I don't know why I'm correlating this but I just feel like I have to say it but um he he does this thing where he calls himself Farmer George because he enjoys sciences and agriculture um and so I was just thinking what if you were like someone who was a farm a farmhand and like it was like a form of work that was very therapeutic for you and then due to the stigma surrounding mental health and despite being on medication that assists you it's interesting that you still wouldn't be able to own a gun. Um, I don't know why I was thinking about it. I felt like I had to share that. Um, we can completely <laughs> no, just uh, today I learned, or cut it out. Today maybe, I learned there's want. four <laughs> kinds
2: of bipolar disorder. I did not know that. I thought there was only two.
0: Yeah, you know, what? I don't know if they're in the DSM. I didn't search that into it yet. I
2: still need to read on it.
0: Um, but I think three and four have different names. They're less severe. They're less severe, way less severe. Okay.
2: That even almost yeah. makes me wonder if I'm one of those um, because sometimes like I know I have bipolar disorder just because of like how well my medication is going and stuff but like I go I go on bipolar reddit too you guys were talking about that earlier. I I've been on bipolar reddit and I've read through people's stories and it's just like, you know, I'm like I'm not I don't I hate using the word crazy. You know, like I hate using that word like I'm crazy, but there's some people who are like almost so much worse than me and I feel really bad and I'm like it almost makes me feel like grateful but like also I'm just like it makes me question like how severe like my bipolar disorder is because I'm not even on that much medication like my doctors like I'm literally on the lowest dosage of medications you could possibly take so makes me wonder but yeah I've heard of some people's manic episodes are so crazy like I've just never I've I mean, I've really done some interesting things before, but I've never done, like, anything super wild. I feel like Kanye West is almost a good example of that. Like, I hate, you know, Kanye... Gosh, I used to love Kanye so much, but he refuses to get help, and then he says, like, the most insane things, and it's like, I never experienced that. Like, I can't say that I've experienced, you know, saying really, like, anti-Semitic things. Like, I don't know. I've never been one to, like, get manic and say really racist things, but if you go on Bipolar Reddit you'll see there's a section of people t- on talking about Kanye and about how they can relate to him and about how um they've gone through what he's gone through. And it's like, I just can't relate to that, you know? So that's interesting. I, I should talk to my doctor about that and see what he says.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, also in the show that he's King George, he he seems to have convulsions of some, short- some sort. Physically, um, and I haven't heard that from any patients with bipolar disorder. Um, and I've never seen that, but I don't know if you if you want to Google it, I don't I don't know how often it's diagnosed if it's diagnosable if that makes sense. Has he has Um, what? Um he so I'm not sure if he has bipolar in the show. I just noticed that he has convulsions, uh, physically speaking. Um, and it also seems like he maybe has delusions of some sort or hallucinations, yeah. That's um,
2: that's bipolar disorder, actually. That's that's what I'm diagnosed with, but but it's only because like my manic episodes last Mm -hmm. a really long time. But um, I know a lot of people with bipolar one will have like hallucinations, it's almost like schizophrenia, it can be compared to schizophrenia, that which is actually a lot of people don't know that, like they hear bipolar disorder, they think mood swings, but. Um, bipolar disorder is actually bipolar one disorder is very close in line with schizophrenia and you, you can take similar medications. I've been on some schizophrenic medications, which I do not recommend as a bipolar person, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Antipsychotics. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I had a patient. Sorry, go ahead. uh, Yeah. I had a patient who took lithium. Oh no, no problem. I, I did have a patient with, um, schizoaffective disorder. Um, they had taken like lithium, for example. Um, so it's definitely there, there are uh, similarities. Yeah, like I've been, yeah, I don't want you to think. I was just
2: reading about psych, psych, cyclo. Yeah, so, is, so, called. um, Abilify and Latuda are two medications that I've been on that are usually commonly used for schizophrenia. And I was literally on super low doses of them, and they were li- the craziest medications I've ever been on. The side effects were absolutely insane. Like I could not take being on that medic; those medications like way too much. It was just oh my gosh. I I felt so sick. It was just so terrible. So yeah, I I've told people I'm like I don't I never hear good stories about people with abilify. Like I've just rarely hear anything good about those medications. So I tell my doctors, I'm like, I don't want to be put on anything like super like insane. You know, lithium is probably like nine hundred milligrams of lithium of what I take is like enough. Like that's a it's a hefty amount of medication. I don't think I need to be on any more. But yeah, so, some of these medications are just so wild. It's crazy to me. One hundred
0: percent. And I and I think that the most wild thing technically about psychiatry that we never speak about um or at least I haven't spoken to Gritty about is that we we don't really know what's going to happen until we take them right um we know what could right through like literature and studies that we've done um but each individual doesn't know until they have their own experience with it right so I think it's valuable that you know what works for you and what does not so far so
2: yeah like um yeah, that's why I'm like, that's what I tell people too. I'm like, you should go. definitely go to a psychiatrist. You should definitely, you know, give medications a try, you know, test it out. It's going to take some time, but you can go on different ones. You don't have to stay on the same one for like a whole month. You can try a different one. But also what I always warn people, I'm like, if you do go to a psychiatrist, don't go into it thinking that it's going to like solve everything because it's going to bring on a whole new set of problems that you've never experienced before. And it's going to be new challenges. But once you get to the finish line or like close to the finish line, it feels really good. But like I always say, psychiatrists don't really know what they're doing. They do know what they're doing. Don't get me wrong. But they also like they have no idea how you're going to react to this medication. Like they they kind of just have to. You know, shoot a blank and just hope for the best but yeah it's it's kind of scary almost you know <laughs> it's the it's the most different form of like uh uh doctor or medical care you could think of it's just so i don't know, but yeah
0: yeah I think there's a science behind it, um and that's why they're they're so um headstrong about letting you know about like the pros and the cons and what are the side effects right because they're just kind of like if you experience x y and z stop taking it um whatever that looks like depending on the medication
2: yeah yeah like a lot of people hate lithium like i've literally read so much about um and like read it and just from talking to people on like tiktok if you you, if you guys didn't know there's bipolar talk and a a lot of people are on that on tiktok so uh, i i don't know if that's where i found you guys actually is that where i found you where did I find you? I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I don't remember. Know. But I remember, I think it might have been Instagram. But um, there's bipolar talk, and a lot of people like talk about like being bipolar on bipolar talk. It's super awesome. But I've heard a lot of people just through that and Reddit say that they hate lithium, and I love lithium. Like lithium changed my life for the better. Mm-hmm. Like I am so grateful for it. It's honestly, in my opinion, a great medication to start off on. Um. But a lot of people really hate it and they hate the side effects. And I haven't really experienced those side effects besides the weight gain. So, yeah, that's kind of why I want to get off of it. I'm, like, I, I'm tired of just, like, you know, having to watch so carefully what I eat and stuff. It really sucks.
0: Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> nice train. <laughs> Sorry. I love,
1: I actually live next to, like, I'll cut it out. But... um. I live like right next to trains and stuff in Chicago, so sorry about that. But um, I do have a question. What was my question? Till so, like, I got interrupted and in my thought process. Such a stoner. Add it
0: to the bloopers.
1: Such a stoner. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> I, don't even I totally forgot. Me laughing is not helping. Um, that's okay. No, 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 it's okay. I just. I, I had like a very detailed question and I like totally lost it. Um. Oh, wait. So, so you talked about gaining weight as lithium in lithium. Um. Is there, was it a si- significant amount of weight and how did you cope with it? And um, in that, because that's really can be very depressing gaining weight, but it, the offset is that you feel so much better. So do you, I mean, like you have to give and take, do you feel like you gain? did you gain a lot of weight? You don't have to tell us any specifics, but like. Do you feel like it made like a bigger impact than you thought, or did it, it didn't impact you as much as um, oh you yeah, felt gained, better? So
2: the first time I went on lithium, I gained 25 pounds. I went from 125 to 150, and then I went off my medication, like I said earlier, and then I was like super into like losing the weight. I was like, I don't, I have an eating disorder, so I was just like, I had to lose the weight. I lost about 20 pounds, um, so I was 130, and then now that I've gone on lithium again, I've gone from 130 to 170 over this course of the past year which is like it doesn't sound like that much but it's pretty significant for my size I'm only like five foot three so you know I am a thick girl now but and and, you know I kind of like it that way but also like I don't want it to get to the point where I'm like I developed sleep apnea from gaining all of my weight and like I don't want to have like any more medical issues like I am so tired all the time because of my sleep apnea I'm getting a CPAP and stuff and it's just, like, I don't want it to continue, you know. That's just, yeah. It... I have we sleep were, apnea.
1: We
2: were literally sleeping. just talking about this right before. <laughs> we were.
0: We were. Because uh, I was talking about how is like, kind of sleeping. But, like, I'm telling you. Okay. So, we don't need to add this to the podcast if you don't want to, pretty. But, like, I just want to say this right now, Sam, because I wish I had somebody to tell me. So, I have severe sleep apnea. Um, like, bad so like I would wake up with like terrible headaches like it was just a bad time right like my pulmonary doctor was straight up like Sabrina you are the worst case of sleep apnea I've ever encountered and I'm just like wow thanks um love that um and so the CPAP machine I was irritated with it for the first three months they tell you you have to use it for three months and I did I did it straight because I'm a girl who likes structure and I did it um and it like literally changed my life. I am so grateful for the CPAP machine. It is, I was diagnosed with like four different things all at like, boom, 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 boom at the same time. And I felt terrible about it. But this, the CPAP machine, that is one thing that I would keep out of all my diagnoses. And I just love being able to fucking breathe when I sleep. I don't know how to say that. Excuse my
2: language. Um, It's just great.
0: And I really thank you. You know
2: coffee. what? That's what everyone says is that the CPAP is like literally so life changing. I'm just like nervous about bringing it places with me. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, well, how am I? I don't know how it's going to work, but my it. appointment for my sleep, like, test is on June 9th. So it'll come soon. But yeah, you know, that mm-hmm. also my sleep really affects my mood right so like I need to make sure I'm getting good sleep you know even today I was like gonna take a nap before this and then I was like no I'm gonna stick it through and I'm glad I did because I would have been so drowsy for this (laughs) for this conversation yeah I know but it's like I constantly feel like I need to nap and it's like so terrible
0: you're gonna feel so much better though when you get the CPAP. swear to god like I stopped wanting to nap uh, I mean, not really. I still nap every once in a while. Literally, like I napped the last time I met with Gritty and it was like in the morning and she was like, why would you nap? I'm like, I have severe sleep apnea. I don't know what to tell you. And she's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. But you should get like a, I mean, it it should come with like a little like case for it, like a little bag. If not, you can literally find them on Amazon. And like, of course, just get a clean water bottle to put distilled water in and like travel with it. And if you ever fly, you can, it's a medical device. You can put it in the overhead bin. So it's always with you.
2: Oh, I didn't know that so this. like even separate from like your luggage and stuff in like your suitcase you can wow okay that's cool I like yeah. that I like that I was wondering about yeah. that actually and
0: yeah. I... yep. yep and you can bring your regular carry-on separately from it it's a medical device it needs to go with you if you need it and they can't say no to you I'm pretty sure if you check like their website um so no worries um okay good yeah to know. no life-changing email me if you have any questions maybe i can answer them okay, for you if you, you need any support thank you
1: <laughs> is there any is there any type of ther- other therapies that you've tried um you know i cuz i believe you know cbt you know cognitive behavioral therapy is great but it doesn't always work for everyone uh is there any other therapies that you've tried or are willing to try or maybe interested in I always go off on my brain spotting because every time I I just talk about brain spotting because I want people to be aware of this therapy because it is life-changing. It changed my life. It doesn't require a lot of um, sessions per se. It's the same thing as EMDR, um, EDMR, EDMR. I always get the like, yeah, EDMR. Um, But it's enough of a difference that it's a shorter, it's a shorter time span. It's not like as rigid and it's to process physical emotions that, um, basically I'm going to give you the, like the, the, the really kind of just like how it works is that it, um, your brain split two the left side, holds all the negative thoughts, um, and the right side holds the positive thoughts, but, or the op- opposite. I'm sorry. I'm like, tried, I'm not even thinking of, but one of them holds one side and the other and the one side that holds the negative thoughts always wins in the thought process, regardless of what. So that's why old people always remember the negative. What it does is release it, like basically opens the door between the brains, like the, the brain to like let out the physical trauma that is also emotional that's tied to it. So I always like personally, I've done it and I it did a couple of sessions and I think it was life changing. But that said, have you ever tried other therapies?
2: <laughs> um, no, I haven't. I've I've tried cognitive behavioral therapy, and honestly, I don't think it really just goes that well for me. I don't I don't really like CBT, but um, I kind of stopped doing it like a couple months ago. I haven't gone back, but um, I listened. I know this sounds really stupid, and a lot of people call me really stupid for this, but I listened to a Joe Brogan podcast, and he had on um a psychiatrist her name's kelly brogan and she talked a lot about how her healing process through bi- uh, bipolar disorder and like schizophrenia isn't through medication but through like holistic therapy and i know a lot of people don't believe in holistic therapy but i believe that you can combine medications and holistic therapy and do too so i took a lot of her advice about like eating clean and eating healthier and stuff and i have noticed my mood has been like way better you know, I'm like not ever grumpy because I'm not eating like crap. Um, like I switched to uh, you know, just not eating uh too much like cheese and like dairy and all of that. I know that sounds really stupid, but like low fat and like it's really hard to eat that way and I hate it. But I have also noticed like so many improvements in my life and so I actually asked about it on bipolar Reddit if anyone's ever tried holistic therapy and I absolutely got slammed. Like people were being so mean to me and I was like Yep, that's Reddit. (laughs) That's about Reddit. (laughs) But I was like, nobody's even. No one. Not a single person ever said they try. Actually tried it. So I was like, you know, it's not like you can't knock it until you try it, kind of thing. So I don't know. I've I I would be interested in someday. Maybe I don't know. I'm kind of scared to try holistic therapy because, like, I don't want to like go off my medications and like have a manic episode and just all of that. So and that sounds like a really hard lifestyle to maintain too is, you know, like, it's, I don't know, but that's something to think about, too. Everyone was like, I can't believe you actually took Joe Rogan's advice. I was like, you know what? Joe Rogan isn't always right, but he is a smart man, and he has, like, he doesn't just put anyone on his podcast, you know? These are people who who can have, like, actual, like, scientific data to back it up, but it was just, like, I don't know. I was so mad about the Reddit thing. (laughs) That was, like, last year. I was so upset about that, but anyways... (laughs)
0: yeah i don't I don't think you're stupid for trying something and recognizing something about your body and it's your experience and just because it came from Joe Rogan's podcast doesn't mean that it's suddenly immediately trash um I think that's uh the unfortunate reality of social media um especially when people are chronically online and that they think that okay Joe Rogan immediate no no like he can't possibly interact with anybody worth wild on his podcast simply because he's Joe Rogan, right? He is an extremely successful podcast. Um, That being said, is he literally a saint? No, absolutely not. But I just want to say like, that's not stupid. And I think that holistic therapy can also go hand in hand with, you know, other forms of therapy. If you find that they both work together and they can bleed into each other just fine. Um, But then again, this is all about your journey, right? And what works for you. And if you want to do any holistic practitioner that is serious about their work would also be understanding that you would also like to utilize you know pharmaceuticals uh that work for you so that you can maintain a healthy lifestyle because um, therapy is not only just you know automatically like um as, as strict as you know taking the medication itself right like there's room to to maneuver and make it work for you um and i know that. You know, people listening—they're probably like, "Oh, I've never met a therapist who feels that way." Um, I'm a therapist, and it totally can be manipulated in a way that works for the client. So, it's not stupid. And I hope that if it works for you and you like in the thank future, you, yeah, I it.
2: think that it's something definitely worth trying. Um, I don't know. I I feel like life has been going so well for me lately. Like, I'm back in school. I um, you know, started a a jo- new job that I like. I'm making money again. I've you know i feel like i've grown a lot since like i've my last failures with like my money spending and stuff i've recognized like what i need and what i don't and i'm i just don't feel the need to like do therapy right now i don't know it just doesn't i think that i can do my own therapies like you know go on a walk or you know go hiking or something i don't know also i wanted to say i love chicago gritty i know you're from chicago i love chicago it's a great place
1: yeah It's a great place. I I I actually split my time between here and Massachusetts. So, um, but what are you in school for? um, And what do you? Uh, I'm in school for
2: accounting and finance. Um, I would like to work for a financial firm and, you know, kind of do whatever for them. I don't really have any goals. I just want a job. I just want to be able to make a lot of money so I can like also, you know, spend money. (laughs) Because I love spending money. (laughs) But I, you know, I've something you know when I, yeah it's like fun. it's crazy when I was first diagnosed with bipolar disorder I like went online and I was like what jobs are best for like bipolar people to have and it was like literally saying like all of these like low-paying jobs and I like I get that but they were low stress low-paying jobs and I like I was sitting there and I was like I I can't do that like I need something where I'm gonna make a lot of money so I can sp- I because I don't trust myself like I know that there's gonna be a point in my time where I get mad I like I buy a car or something like I need to be making money and I need to be stable for that. So yeah, I hope to make a lot of money someday. I guess <laughs> why I'm like going to school for such rigorous stuff. I'm stressed out all the time. Oh my gosh. But it'll be worth it. I don't, I don't want to rely on my parents to take care of me anymore. Cause they've been taking care of me for quite some time now. So yeah.
1: I worked in accounting for 10 years or like on and off total 15, but 10, like 10 years straight full time. Um, it's, it's a really supported field. I'm going to tell you that there's a lot of people that are always double checking your work. There's a lot of people that will help you in the processes of like not understanding like certain complexities in the real world, because you get, you run into things all the time, every day, you know, I miss like, uh, the wrong, like, you know, a number could be off and it screws up the whole thing. Right. It makes sense. But I think with that, though, it also is a field that's great because you can put your head down. People don't really bother you. So you do get that time and you can just like kind of like kind of sit back and like um, and so it was I liked it personally because I got to listen to my music and I just kind of did what I did and they all I, I knew what I need to do. And as I got better at the job. I got more responsibilities, which made me feel better, but also higher pay. But like, so I think you're going in the right field, to be honest, because it's it is it is very stressful. And it, depending on where you go and how you uh, you know, how you apply your um, how you want to apply your 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 future career of like, you know, you can work at a top four, like accounting firm, whatever, or work for as a C or like whatever. You can work so many places. Um I just want to give you the advice that you're not going to be alone in that situation at all. Like I've always worked with teams and people have always been super helpful because it's money and people really care about their money. <laughs> so I think you're going down the right path. If that's, if that's what you're like, kind of want, because it is higher paying and it is a really, it's not an easy job, but once you kind of get into the complexities and you know, like the laws and the regulations and what you need to do, it becomes second nature. Um, is there like a certain field that you want to go down or is there like you're still trying to figure
2: out? Like, in this um, Eventually, I'd like to be a financial advisor. I um, have a lot of studying to do and a lot of learning to do, but I, something I feel like I'd be good at. And I'm really good with numbers. And uh, once I get better with my spending, I think that I'll be, you know, I <laughs> that's like the one thing I'm like, I'm so bad at spending, with spending, like, how am I supposed to give people advice about spending? But I think that now that I'm like medicated that I think it'll go well. So my goal is to like be financially stable and I want to like learn how to do it. And so my end goal would be to teach other people how I did it too. So, yeah.
1: I compare debt to like trying to get rid of debt is to like losing weight. It's so easy to get in debt, just like it's so easy to gain weight, but it's so much harder to get out of debt and like lose or like lose weight. So that's how I compare it. I think that's one of the things that people don't realize that, you can get into debt, like within five minutes, five seconds, right? You can buy a $30,000 car and feel great, but then like regret it in two days. And you're like, I don't, I can't bring it back. But like, um, no, that's that's so true.
2: I've never heard anyone make that comparison. Oh, excuse me. I've never heard anyone make that comparison, but, um, That's actually quite (laughs) insightful. (laughs) So, I really spent my time being off my meds, like gaining weight and getting in debt or losing weight. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) I like it.
1: So, thank you so much for your time, Sam,
2: for having me. I actually really enjoyed this. I was really nervous going into it, but that was great. I'm really glad I did this.
0: We're glad that you were here with us.
2: Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I'll talk to you guys later. (laughs)
0: If you would like to hear more uninterrupted stories from everyday people living with bipolar disorder, please follow us on our Instagram at BipolarAFPodcast or TikTok at BipolarAFPodcast. And you can check us out on our website at BipolarAFPodcast.com. Thanks for listening.